Welcome to Multiversal Q, your guide to the comic book multiverse. Now in podcast form. I'm Luke. I'm Devin. And this week we've also got a special guest. Leah Brown. Hi. Who is Devin's roommate. Yes. And this week we are covering... 1602. And then the three main spinoff series, A New World, The Fantastic Four, and Spider-Man 1602, which is amazing. First, we have good news. We actually got reviews this time, so we're going to read them at the start of the show. Uh, Yeah, I had been dumb and hadn't really been checking, and then we actually got an email entry in for our contest where you can find those rules on the website at multiversalq.com. We have two reviews. One is a five-star review from Timp the Chimp, which is, This podcast really tickles my ears. It reminds me of Grandma's Biscuits and Gravy. It's meaty and barely gives me diarrhea. Thanks, nerds. Okay. And the second is a four-star review. Old School by Royce Mack III, who entered into the contest properly. Timp the Chimp, uh, you didn't send in an email, so if you can, do that. And uh, Royce Mack III writes, as a fan of Marvel's original What If series, Yes, I'm old. And The Exiles, I'm glad I found the podcast. A joy for admirers of the not-quite-ready-for-prime-time realities. Thank you both for leaving those reviews. We're four-and-a-half-star averages. Hot damn. Good. <laughs> yeah. So, Leah, we brought you on to sort of join us for this episode because Devin thinks you'd be good. He didn't really explain why. And oh, so, yeah. um, he asked me because I'm a really big fan of Neil Gaiman. Ah. Um, and he wants me to talk about my unending and undying love for him <laughs> and what I like about him. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Well, who doesn't like the guy named Billy? My relationship with him has changed from seeing him as sort of an infallible person to a person who has some tropes that he hits on a bit too regularly, but no, I still generally enjoy him. Oh, well. I guess that can be your opinion. Yep. (laughs) But uh, this week we are covering Marvel 1602. Our story technically starts in 2001, where Todd McFarlane, creator of Spawn and McFarlane Toys was going to reintroduce Miracle Man in his own comic series, Hellspawn. Because in 1996, McFarlane, according to him, had purchased Eclipse Comics, the original publisher of Miracle Man's creative assets, uh, because Miracle Man started off as a British company that was republishing Captain Marvel in the UK, and it was created by Mick Anglo. When the company that was publishing Captain Marvel comics Fawcett Comics shut down because of reasons we discussed in our Captain Marvel episode. Mick Anglo and the publisher ended up being like, oh, uh, we'll just make our own character and keep on publishing. And instead of calling it, and instead of calling it Captain Marvel, they called him Marvel Man, and then they had to change their name for legal reasons, so he became Miracle Man. And because they were still publishing every other Fawcett's comic comic at the time, it was really, really confusing. Uh, A lot more happened, but it was a big comic for kids growing up in England, including Alan Moore, who did a really famous dark run on the series. And eventually the publisher... What? She's asking if she's allowed to curse on this episode, because she just said... uh, Alan Moore's the shit, and I didn't know if I was allowed to say that. Oh, no. We we put on the explicit marker when we need to. 
Very good. Yeah. I went on that dark path of like the first episode. <laughs> yeah. And I try to edit it out and then it's like, oh no, this is way too much work. Right. <laughs> so the publisher in America was licensed by Dez Skin and the British publisher Quality Communications to first Pacific Comics and then Eclipse Comics. The issues were popular and then Neil Gaiman took over with a plan for three six-issue volumes, but Eclipse Comics went bankrupt in 1996 and Gaiman's series was incomplete. So in 2001, McFarlane was planning to reintroduce the character in Hellspawn, make toys out of him, and reintroduce him as Man of Miracles because he loves sanding off uh, copyrighted names. And Gaiman responded by forming Marvels and Miracles LLC, which was going to clear up the issue of who owns Miracle Man, and also the Spawn characters that Neil Gaiman had made and owned since Image, the company that was founded by Todd McFarlane, uh, and was the original publisher of Spawn, made a big deal about traders owning characters who they created. And Gaiman also had evidence that Eclipse Comics rights didn't actually include Miracle Man. And so he needed money to pursue this major lawsuit, so Neil Gaiman wrote 1602. And it turned out that Eclipse Comics, when they bought the rights, did not actually own the rights to Miracle Man. And because Dez Skin had never purchased them, and so in 2009, Marvel purchased the rights from Mick Anglo, who still owned the original rights, and started republishing all of the comics. And Neil Gaiman also regained the rights to his Spawn creation, Angela, as well as a few other characters who nobody really cares about, and Angela showed up in Age of Ultron in the Marvel 616. And so... The mainstay of Guardians of the Galaxy in the Thor series. Yeah. And so with all of that mostly cleared up, uh, because Eclipse Comics, who sold the rights to Todd McFarlane, never bought the rights to Marvel Man, Miracle Man, from Mick Anglo. They never had the rights to start publishing stuff, and so Mick Anglo sold the rights to Marvel because Neil Gaiman was like, hey, you never got those rights. Is that clear? Yeah, basically. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's a whole bunch of words, and there's a whole bunch of Miracle Mans and Marvel Mans and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, I know what you're saying. Okay, and Marvel 1602 is written by Neil Gaiman with art by Andy Kubert, colors by Richard Izanove, who was credited as a digital painter, and letters by Todd Klein with cover art by Scott McCallum. Yeah, it is a busy, weirdly constructed story, to say it simply. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, we're introduced to Queen Elizabeth and her two main advisors, Sir Nicholas Fury and Dr. Stephen Strange, and there's been a whole bunch of weird shit going down in England. There's a Knights Templar artifact in Jerusalem that they're trying to bring over, and Fury and Strange don't really trust each other, and there's also a weird old man who's going to be bringing it along. Uh, we cut over to Spain where we see someone tortured, and he's all chained up, and it turns out that he is Angel, like the X-Men Angel, who's been right. accused of being a witch breed. Mutants are in this universe. Right. Yeah, mutants are witch breeds instead. Who happens to be the man doing all the Inquisitions? Why? Everyone's favorite, Magneto, the Scarlet Witch, and Quicksilver. Mm-hmm. Well, and also sometimes Toad. Yeah. 
And then we cut over to a bar where a blind man is singing the Ballad of the Fantastic, which is a cursed song. Meanwhile, a young Peter Parkwa is playing with a spider before it gets killed, and he is called to go along with the Nicholas Fury to meet their informant, who turns out to be the blind man, Matthew Murdock, who meets him in the dark because he is the devil who dares. And Fury pays him to meet and protect the old man with the cart. And one of the things that just really rubbed me wrong is the way that, like, Gaiman chose to make some of these, like, knowing winks and nods. Like, a lot of the stuff we do has those knowing winks and nods, but here it just didn't work for me. I was fine with it. Yeah, I don't mind it either, just because it seems like we should be in on it anyway, so... Yeah. Acting like we're in on it doesn't really make a difference to me. it, It feels... Like, it's trying to keep it a secret or a surprise sometimes, but... Anyway, uh... He, like, has his own cult following. Yeah. So, there are going to be people who are reading this book who do not necessarily read other Marvel titles. Oh, no, like, this was one of the first Marvel books that I read. And... Like, uh... Because the first thing that I really got into was Neil Gaiman's Sandman... Because, you know, that's, like, one of the two things that you'll fall into, depending on how you get into comics. It's, like, that, or if you're on the artsy side, or something else. Like, so many people I knew would come in, and it's like, oh, I loved reading Sandman, what's next? And I would say Watchmen is the other big one. Yeah, yeah. well, I'd, I'd read Watchmen at the time, but, like, there's a major difference between the commitment of, like, reading a single graphic novel and, like, getting all the volumes of Sandman, and then, like, the extra stuff. True. Uh, so we then cut to Stephen Strange of Greenwich and his uh, wife, Clea, who's trying to figure out what he needs to do with magic, and so he has a weird prophecy about the Virginia Maid, which is a ship which has a girl with white hair, Virginia Dare, and a blonde-haired Native American guy. And then he has another vision about the darkness that can only be cleansed by earth, air, water, and fire. And then they cut to Spain and see Angel and a nun in a red habit and the old priest Magneto. But the nun banishes them away and they're left with the thought that if Queen Elizabeth dies, then James of Scotland is going to be the new king and that's not a good thing. Nope. Then we cut to a good old-fashioned party in the streets by Nicholas Fury and Peter Parker. And why does Fury want to do that? Ah, just for funsies. Also, someone's trying to kill me. Oh, look at that, it's the vulture, and I just beat his ass. Uh, we also find out that uh, the Grand Inquisitor, Magneto, uh, has brought word of James of Scotland, who's really cool with uh, them assumingly killing magic people, like the witch breeds and the actual magic people. And meanwhile, the Grand Inquisitor has a plan to blow up Parliament and blame it on the witch breeds, which would start a major war. Uh, we also get a moment on the Virginia made with Rojas, or, or with Rajas, who is the blonde Native American, and Virginia Dare, who was actually the first person born in the United States. Yeah. The first white person. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they're on their way to England from Roanoke, and she's worried about meeting the Queen... Then we cut to everyone's favorite time. It's actually burning day. Time for Angel to get roasted. Nice and good. Mm-hmm. Oh, but guess who should appear? 
Wyatt, Iceman, and Cyclops. And I was looking... Oh. Scott Summer's Isle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Scotius Summer Isle. Scotius. And Robert Trefusis. And John Gray, who has psychic powers. And I was interested why they didn't just give Bobby Drake the last name of Drake. And it turns out that Trefusis is the name of people who married into the family of Sir Francis Drake. And so it's like, okay, good job using Wikipedia or whatever, Neil Gaiman. Yep. (laughs) At least he does research. Yeah. But, I mean, there's a point where it's like, you, you could just call him Robert Drake and then be like, oh, yeah, no, his uncle is uh, Sir Francis Drake. You're putting in an extra step that I'm not sure is super necessary. I would ag- a little bit agree with that, actually. Yeah. But it's still good for, like, history buffs. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I agree a little bit, but that's kind of, like, what he does in general. So it also doesn't make me mad. It's what, like... It's one of the reasons why people either really enjoy reading him or really get annoyed reading him. So. Yeah. So, uh, Scotus reveals that he has been branded with an X on his chest, and then they head over to Carlos Javier, who runs Carlos Javier's Select College for the Sons of Gentlefolk. Yep. Where they meet up with Henry McCoy. Or, oh, and then Fury shows up and meets with Henry McCoy, and Javier introduces him to Werner which is Angel's first name and the other people's. Which I'm not going to lie, when I first saw how they did Beast in this one, I actually thought he looked a lot more like Wolverine. Uh, in a way, it was like a way of doing it animalistically, but maybe it was a bit too bestial. I would have changed the face. I guess more of it's just his hair. To me, his hair was what really was like Wolverine. Yes, mm-hmm. that's the problem. Yeah. And well, like when it's not sticking up like it is, like the stereotypical green that's like very much yeah. how they have his hair. Although making him wear all blue kind of differentiates him, but I don't know. Maybe because you're trying to figure out who everyone is in the first place, it's a little bit too much. Yeah. Well, and he also has like a bigger stature overall, so I think that comes into play as well. True, but when you first see him, he is like very much hunched over, so he actually looks a lot shorter. Right, you can't really tell. But the team is also... But the team is also like the original X-Men team. No, and I agree. So like it took but it just took me a second to realize that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh anyways, uh Peter goes to pick up Virginia, who mentions that she's known Rojas all of her life, and he helped her and the colonists live when she was first born. And so like he's only supposed to bring Virginia along, but Rojas pretty much forces himself into coming as well. <laughs> Pretty much a jerk. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much a jerk. <laughs> well, especially when the reveal happens later on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Matthew... We're going to get a cut to everyone's favorite origin story of all. The origin of Matthew Murdock. So he teams it up with everyone's favorite Black Widow, Natasha Romanoff. And as they're going to do Fury's work, he has a flashback to how he got his blind powers. He went into a cave and ate some green glowing goop off walls. Yeah, the smartest thing ever. Like, oh look, some goo. What if it tastes good? I'm gonna eat that. I'm Matthew Murdock, and I'm the biggest idiot ever. Well, I'm blind. (laughs) Good thing I got super senses, though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
like in all his other stories, like he does a good deed. He tackles an old man and saves his life from getting hit out of the, like hit by a truck. This one kid just got greedy. Right. Mm-hmm. This is kind of a problem because they actually take away what's really great about Matthew Murdock by making him such a dummy. Uh, yeah, like a few characters, their origins don't really work as yeah. well. Uh, Natasha also makes the important point that she's only working for Fury since he pays her money. And it keeps her busy since her husband died, which is why she's a black widow. Uh-huh. For me, it was more for knitting of a spider's web. I'm like, that is very impractical. Why are you doing that? To capture flies. Most of these things are pretty impractical. <laughs> so I agree. But it's like, but why would you knit that? Why would anyone knit that? She's really shitty at making doilies, Devin. Stop making fun of her. Maybe that's her favorite type of thing. I don't know. Her, her, her being like in the fear for the money, that's like a very stereotypical Natasha Romanoff thing to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially early Natasha. Yeah. She was all well, the money, money, money. It's not all wrong, you know? Well, she was also <laughs> in it because she was hypnotized, hypnotized, hypnotized. <laughs> well, but who should appear right after that? But everyone's favorite handsome man. Victor Von Doom, in this universe, Otto Von Doom. Which, I love the reveal that eventually comes up in the uh, Spider-Man, where it's uh, Victor Octavius and Otto Von Doom. Yeah. Because it's like, I could see Jeff Parker being like, Gaiman, do you even know what you're doing here? Okay, okay, I'll just roll with this. I will just roll with this. Okay, since he stole... Otto Octavius' first name. I'll steal Dr. Doom's first name. Yeah. Uh, and he has a bunch of goblin people who never really get explained. Like, there's a bunch of stuff that is never really explained. I only got eight issues. But the dinosaurs. Oh, the dinosaurs? I just took it as America is supposed to just basically be the savage lands. But, like, this world goes on to become the 616. Oh, yeah, it does. What oh, doesn't? Okay, we'll get to this at the end of the first story. I so, believe it has the number of three eleven. Uh, so Otto. So <laughs> so Otto von Doom has a bunch of goblin people, and he basically plans to get the magical item from the old man. Meanwhile, Petros meets with King or to be King James and David Banner, his assistant, who wears a lot of purple. And basically says they have to give uh, the Grand Inquisitor all the mutants. Uh, Peter and Virginia talk about how they both lost their parents. And basically says that... uh, We're shitty orphans. Yep. And how Fury recruited Peter to work for him. Good job, Uncle Ben. You didn't have to die in this universe. Yeah. In fact, he killed, or he stopped the Highwayman later on. Yeah. Not later. Uh, Petros ends up running back, uh, uh, and talks to the Grand Inquisitor. He's like, oh yeah, Wanda, you and, uh, Petros, as long as you work for me, I'm not going to turn you over to the Inquisition to be killed. I've got my own plans. And, uh, Javier ends up getting asked by Fury to investigate the Vulture assassins and finds out that he is the first of three assassins. The second one is supposed to kill Virginia Dare but they don't know who she is yet, and then the last one is supposed to kill the queen. And we cut to Virginia Dare, who... I feel that we get the same story where it's like, 
half of her lines in this are, oh yeah, did I ever tell you about how Rojas saved me when I was a baby and all of the other colonists? Because I have that in my notes so many damn times. Well, Rojas got to do all that. Yeah, but she keeps yeah, saying it. That's job, isn't it? He's yeah. a bodyguard. And the queen is impressed about this and how he's not dying of Western diseases. I wonder why. Yeah. Well, the first time I read it, I had no idea about Captain America, so the uh, reveal that Rojas was Captain America the entire time was like, What? First time I read it, yeah, I didn't really think about it like when I was reading his name, because I was not pronouncing it the way it should be pronounced. Yeah. Because even you pronouncing a Rojas, I don't think is how it's supposed to be. I think yeah. it's supposed to be pronounced Rajas. Yeah, I'm... Uh, I'm not sure what way it's supposed to be pronounced. I always thought it was Rajas because it was closest to Rogers. Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe. So then at the end, it would have made sense if you had actually seen it coming, but... Yeah. We read this after my introduction to comics in general, so I kind of got it just because what kind of Indian is blonde? <laughs> um, actually, don't go and hate me for uh, co-opting. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. But, I don't know, I thought kind of... It was a little bit weird and heavy-handed to have her talk about how he wasn't dying of Western diseases all the time. Well, but, I, I kind of liked that point because they were, like, really into bringing Native Americans over, and they were like, yeah. why do they keep on dying? Why, why can't they... I say from a historical perspective, no. It's, I mean, yeah, it's actually a thing to be, like, very, like, oh, man, look at you not die. Yeah, I know it's, like, from a historical perspective it works really well, but, I mean, if you get that it's Captain Rogers... Anyway, yeah. Like, well, well, I don't think we needed it. But. And then, like, the next thing is a vulture man attacks again, grabs Virginia, and Ro Rogers throws a plate yeah. at the vulture man. Oh yeah, no. Like as yeah. you're reading this, it's just like, damn, how the hell did I not see it the first time? Yeah. I read this? So I mean, that's either a really good thing or <laughs> a really bad thing. I don't know. It's kind of nice to be him so, like, to see him be so characteristic. Is oh. in like, I'm kind of an asshole and don't want anybody to get around Virginia. And, yeah. like, I'm good at throwing plates, but also kind of, like, I don't know. Yeah. It's a little bit heavy-handed, I think, in the beginning. Yeah. And uh, when the vulture falls back down, we find out that Virginia is missing, and there are massive claw marks on the vulture's face, and she's turned into a white griffin on the roof of the building. Mm -hmm. So here's my thing. They keep talking about three vultures. We never see the third vulture. Well, no. There's three assassins, not three vultures. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, I forgot that there is more than one vulture in the story. Yeah, I did too, and then we find out there's actually a lot of vultures. <laughs> yeah. Because, sure. And... Even Strange is like, well, I'm gonna solve this problem. Oh, I'm gonna use magic and suck that evil griffin out of her. Yeah. <laughs> now you're a person again. Well, you also missed the point where uh, Rogers and Peter are trying to, like, figure out how to get up to the roof, and Rogers is, just starts climbing, and Peter's like, I can't climb. <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor Peter. Yep. Poor guy. He'll get there eventually. But yeah. Oh, but then some dick tries to stab uh, Magneto in the back. Magneto's like, oh, ho, ho, don't think so. No. Brother. Knife. Boom, you did. Yeah, Brother Thomas in the not really surprising reveal. And meanwhile, Angel and John Gray have started a conversation about being witch breeds. And John is getting turned on by Angel and. Uh, before they get any further, Scottius shows up. Is like, y'all need some Jesus, and so they pray with Javier that they can be helpful to the world. 
Scott loves his Jesus. Mm -hmm. Loves making everyone else love Jesus too. And loves cock blocking. He does. Matt, but in that face, he's like, yeah. Yeah. I stopped that. <laughs> his glare. It's like he can smell their sins. <laughs> oh, yep. I think it's really funny, actually. Uh, Matt and Natasha end up stopping at an inn because they need fresh horses, but because there aren't any for sale, uh, they try and buy they some... Someone. What? They rob someone. They rob soldiers. Like, Natasha tries to buy them, but the soldiers aren't having it. And so Natasha just beats the hell out of all of them, and they steal the horses. And Count Doom is like, I'm going to send the queen a present. And he yeah, sends a nice musical box. A musical man box. And uh, when it arrives, Peter gets sent to uh, Doctor Strange to try and er, to try and help Virginia. And Strange is having visions of the moon. Peter's almost bit by a spider again, and it turns out to be one from Sir Richard Reed. And Queen Elizabeth is listening to the Music Man. Fury's interrogating the first Vulture. He offers to let it go. Talk about his shitty way of interrogating. Oh yeah. If you he says the sword fight one of the vultures. Fury's instantly disarmed. Mm -hmm. And then the vulture swings at him with his sword and, he, and Fury blocks him with his arm. It's just like, that is not a very practical way of doing things. Like, nope. yeah, how many... Fury. I get that. There's like, how many of these like interrogations can you do? Because you're just going to get your arm chopped off after well, like, like, look, three more done, times. like a ton of them. Just look at his body. Oh, yeah. There's so many scars on Okay, okay. If you can't stab me with a knife and kill me, uh, I'll let you go. But if you can, or, but if you don't kill me, you have to tell me what I want. Okay, okay, okay. That's right, the Fury's like plan. Like a fair bet. <laughs> yeah. And uh, which I love because it's like if you, if you get killed, you're not going to get released. Yeah. Because, because another guy will be there and be like, "Oh, bitch, oh, you're going to hang now." You killed Fury. Time to go. Like the next guard is Colossus, who just yeah. turns into metal. <laughs> Oop, cover hanging. And uh, so the Vulture says that he was sent by Doom, and Fury's like, oh shit. And then it turns out that the Queen was killed by the Mechanical Man. There was poison. Incredible how you can see right through him. <laughs> so uh, Virginia wakes up, and Steven explains how he got his powers because he was sold as a white slave. To an Asian doctor, and he was promised magic, or and he was promised freedom if he could get a magical herb. He almost died, and then he learned magic and came back to England with his wife Clea. And because Queen Elizabeth died, James is on his way to become king. Yeah. And Fury meets with James to tell him that Doom is behind the murder, and James is like, "Whatevs, capture Javier and his school, or I'm thrown into the Tower of London." And then, oh, turns out Natasha's a double dirty crossing backstabber pushes Matthew Murdoch off a bridge. Which was pretty great. Because she asks him to sing, and he's like, oh, I guess I'm warming up to you. And she's like, nope, and pushes him off. Push. Oh, I didn't see this coming. It's true. He didn't because see he's blind. Coming. Well. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So Fury sends Peter to warn Javier without warning Javier that Fury has come for him. And meanwhile, Petros tells the Inquisitor that James thinks that uh, the Inquisitor Magneto had killed the Queen. And Inquisitor's like, uh, yeah, sure, whatever. 
Yeah, 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 I did that. Yeah, I did it. So uh, we cut over to Doom, and uh, over time, uh, Matt, in all the scenes he's appeared in, has been singing the story about the Fantastic Four and how they were transformed, and it turns out that Doom has had them captured. And because Ben Grimm, the thing, has been rattling the castle, Doom is punishing all of them by not giving them food. Uh, he's got Jonathan surrounded by water so he can't flame on, and Reed is being used to make inventions for him. And uh, Reed has like all these crazy ideas, like he's having ideas about light speed and stuff that he can't really fathom all that much. And Doom accidentally mentions the strange weather that's happening across the Earth, and Reed's like, oh, you want to tell me more about that? And Doom is like, no. Doom demands to know more about poisons and explosives. And then turns out Matt Murdock isn't really dead. Of course not. And he's like, yo, Natasha, gonna get you. I'm gonna team up with this old man. Mm-hmm. And end book four. Oh, you forgot the part where Peter reaches Javier and tells him Fury's plan, and Javier's just like, okay, you can capture us, that's cool. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. And then the next day, Nicholas is like, well, we're gonna go hold get on, you, Javier. Hold on, hold on. Because issue five, because I was rereading on uh, Marvel Unlimited, opens with a recap that mentions the dinosaurs and how Neil Gaiman is going to explain them. And Neil Gaiman never explains the damn dinosaurs. Because there's dinosaurs, like, in all the issues and stuff. What else? Well, yeah, cuts over to Nick Fury being like, we're going to go get you, Javier. Did we just ignore him? Basically, yep. basically I did. Very just like quickly. Neil Gaiman ignored the dinosaurs. Yep. Yeah. And then Luke Gaiman, he doesn't have to explain the dinosaurs if so he doesn't want to. Yeah, Luke. Man, who should appear to Nick Fury before they go get Javier? But everyone's favorite, Stephen Strange. And he's like, yo, brah, here's my plan. I got some knowledges. And Nick Fury's like, I don't trust you. Well, screw you. <laughs> and then he moves away. <laughs> but was it a dream? Or was it? Classic Doctor Strange. Mm -hmm. And so Javier and the mutants surrender themselves, and Petros lets uh, King James know, but King James doesn't really want to surrender them to the Inquisitor, because he's like, I'm not the Pope's bitch. And it's like, good yeah. for you, King James. You're just going to keep getting weirder and weirder from this point on. He likes to keep referring to how all the people who come in are very pretty. Yeah. Let's talk about their oh. quite a bit. Hello, Pet Petrus. You are very handsome. How, how beautiful you are. And uh, Doom now has the weapon, which is like this golden orb, but he can't figure out how to use it. And uh, Richard can't like figure out how to use it. He's just like, use more nitric acid, or what they call aqua fortis. I used Wikipedia. Because it's not working. Yeah. And uh, Strange astrally projects to meet old man Donald in the jail, and it turns out that the gold ball was just a distraction from space, so Donald and Matthew can have time to figure out how to escape. Because the true treasure is friendship. Yep. As always. Yep. Well, so, not one in jail, actually. Exactly. Must ends this series. So, Yo, God teaches us about friendship. 
So Clea and Steven talk and believe Doom may be holding the Fantastic Four, who represent the four elements that are needed to fix the world from that vision way back in the first issue. And we have Virginia learn about the origin of the Fantastic Four who got stuck on the Sargasso, where uh, they stayed when all the rest of the crew left, and they were transformed and got powers, and then Doctor Doom captured them. Yep. And then Dr. Stephen Strange has a mild stroke. Yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. And while having said mild stroke, he has weird hallucinations of a bald man on the moon telling him, yo, the entire like, multiverse is going to be destroyed. Thanks a lot, assholes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I how when he's in a stroke, he's actually doing something kind of useful. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you all this, but hope as long as you're alive, you can't tell anyone else. <laughs> yep. And, I'm a watcher, and I'm still kind of a dick. Yep. And Strange Fury, uh, and uh, Fury and Javier and Strange also learn that Doctor Doom has the treasure, the Fantastic Four, and Matthew. And Nick Fury is pissed off at this, since Reed uh, is a friend of his. And uh, so he decides to put all the X-Men onto a ship to be taken to prison. And John Gray and Scottius team up together and end up blasting the ship into the air so it can fly. And Peter, who was let go by Fury uh, as a way to protect him, ends up seeing Strange collapse in his weird vision of the Watcher. And yeah, that's when you get all the Watcher stuff and how, like, this world, because something came from the future to the past, the world is infected, and if they don't get rid of it in like six months, they are all going to die. And then every other universe is going to die as well of this infection. Wars is gonna happen. Pretty much. There was a couple moments where I was just like, oh, this is borderline leading up to Secret Wars. Sort of. And uh, Angel and Cyclops get into an argument because Angel's flying around like a hunk and Angel's not really sure why Cyclops is getting angry at him because... Uh, Angel isn't aware that John Gray is actually Jean Gray, a girl. Right, who would have ever seen that one coming? Yep. And meanwhile, the thing has found a new crack in it. Well, it reminds me of, like, one of the, uh, Sandman, like, extra world tales or whatever, where it's like, there's another red-headed girl who's pretending to be a guy on a pirate ship, and it's like, they look remarkably alike. But that's neither here nor there. Dramatic pause. Yes. Uh, so meanwhile, the Thing has found a new crack in his cell that might allow him to escape. Uh, Petros has come to warn Doom of the oncoming ship, but Doom really doesn't believe him. The X-Men prepare for the assault. The invisible woman who has escaped knocks out Natasha. Matthew and Donald escape through a new crack that uh, the Thing has made in the wall because the castle is starting to collapse. And Donald reaches the true treasure, which is his stick, which he strikes. All of a sudden, rain starts to fall, and Iceman is able to freeze Doom's cannons that were shooting at them. The Fantastic Four escape, confront Doom, and Doom tries to use his golden orb to destroy them, and instead it blows up in his face. And then they see the true cause of the storm, Thor. God of Thunder. Because Donald was like Donald Blake. What? Yes. What was that? He looks extremely majestic in this. Yeah. Actually. And I, the uh, Thor reveal was a surprise for me. 
Like, yeah, it was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wasn't sure if they're going to bring him in or not. I well, actually wasn't expecting it at all, just because of the already kind of full storyline. Mm-hmm. I had forgotten how most of the story went. I remember the big reveal of Rogers at the end, but I did not remember that Thor was in it. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, because I mean, he has a decent part in it, but it was like you you can forget about the old guy really easily. Yeah. Yeah. I could, I could remember what his point was. Mm-hmm. And so the Fantastic Four, the X-Men, Matt, Murdoch, Thor, and Fury are all ready to get headed back. Uh, but we find out that James has gone to London, where Doctor Strange is set to be beheaded. The Grand Inquisitor is set to be killed in his own series of unfortunate events. And Silly Catholics. Yeah, and the Forerunner, which is the name that they've been using for the Time Traveler, is still, still mysterious. We find out that the Grand Inquisitor, Enrique is revealed to be a Jewish Vene- uh, Venetian who had been taken in by a priest and uh, sure, was, he was stolen by a priest. Yeah, he was stolen by a priest and converted and it turns out that Toad had turned in Magneto and everyone else, but because it's goddamn Magneto and they t- tied them up with metal chains, Magneto, uh, Petros and uh, Wanda all escape and kill a bunch of people. Because of course they now, do. Once they burned his beard off, which I would be pretty pissed too. Yeah. Oh yeah, his wizard beard is gone. Yeah. Uh, so the heroes ship decides that they're going to go to Roanoke instead of going back to England. They don't have any choice. They're going to Roanoke. They don't have any choice. They're going to Roanoke. <laughs> and James, meanwhile, refuses to let Virginia go home, and he's going to kill Doctor Strange for being a traitor instead of just being a magical guy. Cyclops gets fed up with Angel for not realizing John Gray is actually a girl because she's collapsed and from all the stress of carrying a pirate ship thousands of miles in the air. And he's just like, Angel, you're a really big idiot, aren't you? And Angel's like, what? And then Jean Gray dies and they have Angel carry up her body and then no, they have Johnny Storm uh, yeah. body. They have Johnny Storm and Cyclops dispose of her body, and it's like Cyclops's Cyclops does not shoot fire beams or heat beams, it's pure force. Which is well, in this universe he, Well no, because he lit her on fire. Yeah, but it's like Johnny lights her on fire and then he blows her up. And then it forms a phoenix, but I've been playing Lego Marvel superheroes where Cyclops does have heat vision. And it's like, no, that is not how Cyclops works. I understand the need to have another person with firepower, but... But he needs it, because there's only basically Lego Tony Stark. And Johnny Storm. That's true. And actually, like, a lot of characters, but... (laughs) Have you pre-ordered Lego Avengers coming out in two weeks? No, I've got to finish the first one first. Oh, man, get on it. I will. Because I can get, like, a special Lego piece, can't I? Yeah, you can get a Silver Centurion Iron Man. Oh, yeah. It's not as exciting as I wanted, but... Yep. Uh, but yeah, so they burn Jean's body, and a phoenix emerges for a second, and then Virginia, Dare, and Rojas, meanwhile, sneak back to their own ship to head uh, back to Roanoke with Clea. Uh, King James, meanwhile, is forcing Peter to work with him and with Bruce Banner, and he's sending them back to England to capture Fury. 
Magneto and his people are now also heading over to America as the Brotherhood of Those Who Will Inherit the Earth. But you forgot to mention how Clea makes out with the severed head of her once-beloved husband, Dr. Stephen Strange. Oh yeah, sick out. And how weird that was. It was super weird. Uh, she also reveals that she knows that Rojas is the time-traveling forerunner, and he's like, oh, yep, I am. <laughs> <laughs> you copy! I done got got. I guess I can actually talk now. I don't have to be a racist sort of Native American stereotype. But that's what they want to hear. Yeah, and so it turns out that he is Steve Rogers, Captain America from a world where Zebediah Kilgrave, who you may know from Jessica Jones, became President of the United States. And as a result of... That's because he cares. And as a result of unknown things, somehow Steve Rogers got sent back in time. Yeah, that actually really didn't make any sense how he got sent back in time. And then he... Um, see, I do love the pictures of a super old Spider-Man and Daredevil in handcuffs. Yeah. They look so oh, yeah. sad, they look so so sad pathetic, and old. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're fat and old. And, uh, yeah. So he was sent back in time and helped the Native Americans and taught them stuff, and then when the colonists came to save... Uh, and then when the colonists came... He was like, I'm going to save and help found America. And uh, Thor ends up depowering back to Donald because it turns out that he really doesn't like being Thor because it's like, oh, yeah, it's kind of hard to believe in a god and devote your life to the Knights Templar when you can turn into an actual thunder god who knows a lot more than any of us know. Yep. Well, sucks to suck, Donald. Yep. And so the main ship with, like, the Fantastic Four, the mutants, and everyone else shows up, and Ananias Dare, who is the mayor of the town, declares freedom from the crown, and Javier senses the other three ships, the Virginia Dare ship, the Peter Parker ship with Bruce Banner, with David Banner, and Magneto's ship. Uh, Javier shows up and gives Magneto a chance to be peaceful, and Magneto's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And so my Iceman freezes the ship so it can't move anymore. And Cyclops uh, apologizes for getting angry at Angel. And Angel's like, no, if John Gray was a dude, I would have totally sucked his dick. Whatever, I don't give a shit. Yeah. So progressive of him in 1602. Right? Yep. Angel wants that man dick. And he's just like, come on, Dennis. You totally read the characters wrong. No, there is a whole bunch of, like, stuff you can read for Bobby being gay. Not in this, not in this, though. Uh, Anyways, uh, Virginia Virginia ship gets in, and Clea and Strange explain the end of the world stuff, because now that he's dead, he can do it. Alright, now he's just dead. Yep, and Virginia promises to help them return Rojas, because she knows where the uh, rip in time is. Uh... Peter Rojas' life will suck my dick. I ain't going back. Yeah. yeah. And Peter... Steve Rogers and that's the kind of thing that he does. It's like, it's just like fuck you, Steve. We're going to end the entire universe. Yeah. You it. yeah. You're being an asshole. And Peter lands on the... Uh, Peter lands and finds out that after like walking away for a bit, Nick Fury has killed everyone else on the ship except for Banner. Which Peter's just casually about to go fishing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
just stumbles across all these dead people. Well, Saturday afternoon, gonna go fishing. Oh, everyone's dead. Well, shit. <laughs> and then while King James is cross-dressing, question mark, uh, Matt Murdock comes in and threatens to kill him if anything happens to Nick Fury or to Ireland. And Javier ends up getting Magneto's help because they need him to do something with magnets and energy, but they need even more energy, so uh, they need Donald to turn back into Thor, but Donald doesn't want to until Sue Storm convinces him, and then they just need Rojas to throw back through the portal. Uh, Fury and Virginia Dare go after him, and Rojas Steve... has used his face paint to turn himself into Captain America again. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Steve just wants to make America great again, but I guess he's <laughs> unaware that it's going to destroy, like, every other universe. And so Nick Fury's like, oh, well, you know you, how you would trust Nick Fury in your own universe? You can trust me. And then he brains him with a rock, knocking him out, and they just toss him back through with Fury carrying him in. And, uh... While a trusty dog friend is hanging around. Yeah. All the brains look really good. <laughs> yeah. And because of the uh, energy that originally transformed that had originally given Virginia Dare the power to transform. Banner gets turned into a Hulk because of reasons. Uh, and uh, Fury tosses back in Rogers. Time corrects itself. Virginia ends up dying in the 616. And uh, Uatu had ended up saving the world, but I guess like a super high version of the Watcher ends up giving him the universe as a gift, and the world continues on with time corrected in the 616. So Clea goes home, Thor goes home, Wanda and Petros are given to training uh, to Javier by Magneto, Banner somehow became the Hulk, uh, Virginia Dare survives, and Peter is finally bit by the goddamn spider. The end. I think that's like the I think that's like the fourth time. But that's neither here nor there. It's actually like the thirteenth time. Yeah, like there's probably a whole bunch of like unseen stuff where it's like, "Hey, Peter, make sure not to walk into that cave full of spiders." And Peter's like, "What?" And then like Nick Fury runs in and stabs every spider with a knife. It's actually where's Waldo C can find. In every page, you can actually see Peter almost getting bitten by the spiders. Yes. That would actually be brilliant, and I would totally read a comic just to see that. Uh, yep. So that brings us to the second of the four series, which is Marvel 1602, A New World, which came out in 2005, was written by Greg Pak, with pencils that were mostly by Greg Tacchini. Uh, over my shoulder. Oh, good. I haven't read any of the other 1602s, but yeah. I did read the guy. Of course. Yep. Uh, inks that were mostly done by Mark Morales. Uh, colors by Mari Hollowed. Uh, Will Quintana. Letters by Todd Klein and Sergio Toppi on the covers. Uh, they were also joined by Eau Claire Albert, Laura Villari, uh, Chris Chucky, uh, Albert and Wagner, and a bunch of other people because for some reason they're like, hey, let's do these sequels and then not give them enough time to have really consistent art throughout. Basically. Mm -hmm. So we start off with David Banner waking up after a dream where the Hulk had come in and killed King James. But he's like, wait, that can't be me. I'm in the middle of this field with all of these dinosaurs. And so he tries to help a stuck brontosaurus 
when he's trying to find his way back to the colony, he ends up getting attacked by more dinosaurs and turns into the gray version of the Hulk and starts yep. punching dinosaurs, trying to cause them to settle down. Meanwhile, Peter Parker is being Peter Parkwa is being visited by Virginia Dare as he's working on the newspaper until Jonah Jameson comes in, and I love Marvel 1602 J. Jonah Jameson, because he's... J. Jonah Jameson is great in every universe. He is. Uh, oh, he's a snappy dresser. Yep. Working for that Daily Trumpet. Mm-hmm. And we find out that both the Fantastics and the Witchbreed have left the colony, and no one knows what happened to David Banner. All of a sudden, a stampede of dinosaurs come running in, and Peter's trying to stop them, but he's really not having any luck, so Virginia turns into a white Tyrannosaurus Rex and tries to scare them, unfortunately driving the dinosaurs towards innocent children. Uh, and then Greyhawk appears and stops it. Yep. And he also starts attacking Virginia. Norman Osborn, meanwhile, I love Norman Osborn in this series and the Spider-Man series. He's trying to buy the land from the Native Americans, but because Steve Rogers had been there to help the Native Americans, he was basically like, no, don't make any deals with white people. They're going to fuck you over so hard. <laughs> it's like he knows. Yeah. Like, they keep being like, don't trust any wooden nickels. And it's like, that is something that Peter, that, that is something that Steve Rogers would definitely tell people, even though they have okay. no idea what a nickel is. At the same time, though, if he's trying to make the America that he wants, he kind of needs them to get flipped over. Yeah, yeah. It's not the best plan. It's not. Well, his continual need to save everybody is actually fucking things up more often than it's saving people. Oh, that's true. Yep. So. Uh, anyway, some kids got stuck on a Stegosaurus. Peter ends up saving them and drops them off with Osborne so he can return them and help because uh, he has to help uh, Virginia, who is still a Tyrannosaurus, being attacked by the Hulk. And he recognizes... And the Americans are like, it's a good thing that those children are around, Osborne, because we would have just fucking gutted you. Yeah. And uh, Peter Parker realizes that the Hulk is wearing Banner's old clothes, which is really weird because it's literally just, like, purple scraps. Yeah, like, how do people know? Yeah. Jameson keeps getting mad because Peter keeps pushing him out of the way when he's trying to get the best story of all time. Yep. And uh, Virginia Dinosaur gets knocked into the printing press and ends up running off, so Peter has to, like, try and calm her down, and when he returns, the civilians are helping the Hulk for... or the civilians are thanking the Hulk for stopping the dinosaurs. But Jameson's super pissed because his printing press is gone. And... They want to kill Bruce Banner when he reverts, except the governor is like, hey, we promised forgiveness and acceptance for everyone. But Dumb Dumb Duke is like, yeah, screw that, I'm going to chop that boy's head off. And then a dinosaur carries off David Banner before Dugan can kill him. And Jameson announces that he wants to ban on all superpowered people, and Osborne is spreading rumors that the Indians wanted to steal the children and eat them. And he wants the Indians out as well. Which I'll say, it's again, it's another thing about how Jameson's great, because Jameson's like, you're full of shit, Osborne. Yeah. yeah like, every time. Again. And uh, Peter tries to warn Governor Dare that Osborne was lying about what happened with the children, but he really has no proof. Meanwhile, King James has contracted a man to prove his base against Daredevil coming in again with the help of Spanish 1602 Iron Man, Lord Iron, who's Spanish. 
I love how they don't try to hint at until later in this series. And then it's just like, how did no one realize that he was Spanish? No, they made a few references to it. No, see, I didn't think they did really up until the point where he's like, I am a Spanish boy. No. Oh, he actually has to say it? No, <laughs> no. Like, they make reference that he's on loan from uh, whatever the king of Spain was at the time. and. No, oh, okay. I must yeah. have missed that line. It's... Don't worry, I, I think I had done that the first time, but I've reread the story. Uh, anyways, Lord Iron is being sent along with Captain Ross to find out what happened to Banner. And Lord Iron is a robot suit containing... Uh, I forget if they actually give Tony Stark's name in this universe. I don't think they actually do. Yeah. It's but, just Lord Iron. Yeah. His uh, robot suit is recharged by lightning, and so he just has to like get on top of the mast whenever there's a thunderstorm to get filled up again. Get his fix. Mm-hmm. And, uh... The governor governor's like, Children, did those Indians really want to eat you? No. Making this dirt look out of... Uh... <laughs> no? <laughs> but that really doesn't stop the law from being passed that bans witch-breeding Indians from Roanoke Island... But the governor makes sure to let the people know that they can't take the law into their own hands. And Jameson sends Peter after the army that Os after the group that Osborne is leading to basically chase out the Indians. Because he knows something big's gonna go down. Yep. And so Osborne ends up uh, distracting Duke and then knocking him out so that way he can blame down the Indians. So they end up burning down their village, but they don't find anyone there or any of the treasure Osborne is looking for. Which there's like a problem there. It's just like he just knocked out Dugan. It's just like, no, you really needed to kill him. Yeah. It was like, what was your overall plan? It was just like Dugan's gonna wake up. Maybe if you you may have destroyed that Indian's village, but Dugan still would have just gone back and been like, yo, guys, mm -hmm. uh, until they attack me in the woods. Uh, Peter, meanwhile, ends up saving David Banner from the hunt that is trying to track him down as well. And they talk about whether or not they're witches or evil. And Banner and the Native Americans end up leaving the island. And Lord Iron shows up, captures Peter, and demands to know where Banner is. Governor Dare and the rest of the colonists end up standing up against Lord Iron. Uh, Governor Dare gets shot because Osborne's like, Hey, everybody, shoot at the robot man! And Captain That's Ross... good idea. Yeah, and Captain Ross comes onto the island, and he's like, Whoa, you can't be declaring independence... Who who made this stupid decision? And Governor Dare's like, oh, it was me. Don't hurt anyone else. You can just kill me or whatever. And so he's set to be beheaded. Virginia Dare finds out, and she's ready to attack as some sort of monster, but Peter's like, that's not the best strategy. So she promises to help Lord Iron find Banner in exchange for her father's life. And Lord Iron's like, I make the promises. You hold them up, Captain Ross. And Captain Ross is not really happy about that. So much so that he does not hold up. Yeah, because he and uh, Osborne are talking, and Osborne explains that he's trying to find the source that gave the power that transformed Banner into the Hulk. And what he Ross assumes... Like, yeah, so we can destroy it. And Osborne's like, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Destroy it. <laughs> yeah. Right, that's exactly what I had in mind the whole time. And uh, Dugan ends up getting found, and Ross uh, ends up admitting that he's still going to kill 
Governor, as well, or along with the Indians. And then the Spider, which is Peter Parker's new identity, he shows up and saves Dugan. And meanwhile, Virginia has led Lord Iron and 1602 Rhodey off course. And we find out the origin story that uh, Lord Iron had been a great inventor who was captured during the Spanish-English War. And it was David Banner who had tortured the hell out of him and destroyed his body so that way he needs a metal suit to survive. And so Lord Iron is really out for revenge more than helping the English. Banner, meanwhile, is with the... Yep. Banner is, meanwhile, with the Roanoke Indians, who explain that while he's done a lot of evil stuff, the Hulk is a good part of him. And so the Hulk decides to join with them. And so Spider, Hulk, and the Indians attack Ross during the night, which ends up attracting Lord Iron, Virginia Dare, and Senor Rhodes. Lord Iron and Hulk... Rhodes. Yes, Senor <laughs> Rhodes. Senor Rhodes, though, because he praises Allah. Yes. Oh, he does? Yes, he does. He says it during one scene. Wow. Yeah, he is... Also progressive for 1602. <laughs> well, no, there were a lot of, uh... I'm forgetting... Yeah, a lot of Muslims around that. Mm-hmm. Especially in Spain. Yeah, but they were coming over from Spain, though. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, Greg Pak is generally very good about treating race and stuff well. Lord Iron and Hulk start fighting, and Hulk is, like, trying to stop them, because he's like, whoa, none of us really like the English being here. Let's settle it down. Uh, And one of the Native Americans uh, takes a shot for Virginia... Lord Iron's lightning container gets broken, and Osborne ends up attacking the spider from behind. A massive explosion happens, and Virginia ends up turning into a giant white sphinx, and the Hulk ends up smashing all of the Englishmen's uh, supplies and resources to get them to stop fighting. Everyone's like, okay, yeah, that's cool. And Hulk's like, okay, Lord Iron, I know I totally fucked you over. So I'm going to turn back into Banner, and you can kill me or do whatever you want. And Lord Iron's like, uh, no, you, uh, you've this turned over a new leaf. world, yep. so it's time for new changes. And so... It's like it's New Year's. Yeah. Happy New Year. And... Yes. Yep. And so Banner's like, okay, well then I'm going back to England to face my crimes. And meanwhile, the council's having issues getting everyone on board for the same thing because it's a council made up of both colonists and the Native Americans. But what they can all agree on is that Osborne should be in the stocks for 24 hours. And he reveals that he both knows who the spider is, and he also swears revenge. Lord Iron has meanwhile gotten a printing press working for Jameson. Jameson wants news about the spider. Because he's a menace. Yep. Always a menace. And then Banner is brought back to England, and uh, we have a his dream from the start comes true when he turns into the Hulk and presumably is going to kill King James. There I go, kill him again. <laughs> and that is a new world. Yay! <sighs> okay, we're going to quickly run through Fantastic Four. Uh, yeah, 1602 Fantastic Four, written by Peter David, with pencils by Pascal Alexi, colors by Rob Schwager, Letters again by Todd Klein, and lettering here and in the last issue really didn't look good compared to 1602. Inks by Livesay, and Rich Ginter was on production. 
There's also Tom Chu who came on and did colors. Koi Pham did pencils in the third issue. And we start off with the tale of the Frightful Four, who are the Wizard, Sandman, Trapster, and Medusa. Except Medusa here doesn't just have hair that she can control. It's actually snake hair, and she can turn people into stone. Yeah. And uh, some people are telling a tale about how they sailed until they reached the end of the world, and then they went over it, and found a magical city of miracles, and other stuff on the other side. And who finds out about this tale, except for Doctor Doom, because it He's turns like, out... I want my face to be fixed, because it got blown up in the 1602 proper series. And it turns out that the people who own this bar, where the story is being told, are the members of the Frightful Four. Uh, meanwhile... That ship. Yep. Meanwhile, we cut to Shakespeare, who's working on a play with Ben Grimm, the Thing, when uh, Doom sends a bunch of vulture people to try and kidnap Shakespeare. King James is also there, putting in requests for changes to Macbeth, like putting in the witches into it. And uh, the vultures attack. Ben is trying to fight them, but he ends up getting hit with pocket sand by one of the vultures, and they fly away with Shakespeare. And we, find, and we find out that Black Widow is still alive, working with Doctor Doom, and Doctor Doom just wants the best bard alive to record his adventures. Because he's going to the end of the world. But he makes sure that the Fantastic Four know. So after they get some information from the Vultures, they decide to go on and follow him. Yep. And so they put their own ship together, and it turns out that Johnny Storm kidnapped... Doris Evans, who was supposed to marry Wyatt Wingfoot. And Natasha ends up questioning Doom's desire for theatrics as they head towards the end of the world, all because he wants his face fixed. And so she gets thrown off the ship. And the wizard becomes... <laughs> desire for uh, theatrics. She's yeah. getting thrown off just for questioning it. Yes, and it's a flying ship, so... He should have known better, really. She really should have. She should have known her place. Yep. <laughs> And She's not supposed to be <laughs> You don't question your place with Lord Doom. Well, that's yep. true. And so uh, the two ships end up running into each other. Doom tries to assault the ship with a bunch of uh, rocks. And the thing ends up grabbing one of them and throwing it back, which pops their balloon. And they all end up getting stranded at a ship graveyard. Oh, we forgot to mention that Sue is pregnant. And she's also invisible still, so you can see the fetus inside of her. Yeah, that's weird. Weird. Yeah. And Reed isn't really sure if he loves her or not. Uh, well, Reed's never sure if he loves anyone. Yeah, that's yeah. true. He's always... That's on talking. every multiverse. <sighs> yep. Yeah. Except for the... Re that one. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's a fetus. Oh. Yeah, so anyway, basically, they end up taking a little tumble... Hold on, you forgot the giant monster that appears... And Johnny and Medusa work together to turn it into stone, but then it breaks, which causes them to tumble off the side into Ben Salem, or Ben Salem, where Numenor and Rita, who are alternate versions of Namor and Namorita, are waiting. Numenor wants Rita to get married, but she can't find anyone she's in love with. Uh, turns out that Rita and John uh, see each other, and they're attracted to each other, and, Numor and Numenor's like, oh, hey, Susan. You're visible. I want to have lovemaking with you, and so he makes a and so he makes a plan with Doom, where Doom is going to get rid of Ben Grimm and Reed Richards, 
and Sandman, who in this universe can just hypnotize people or send them into dreamlike states, is going to basically drug them until they're free. Uh, Rita finds out about this, and she doesn't like that plan at all, because she's like, oh no, I'm hot enough to have John Storm fall in love with me. Uh, meanwhile, Doris Evans keeps making all of these Shakespeare lines, and Shakespeare's like, those lines are really, really good. I'm going to steal some of them. And when Johnny falls in love with Rita, she starts hitting on Shakespeare. Uh, it turns out that Numenor has... Young or old in this? Who? This must be Shakespeare age. Yep. How old is she? I don't know. Stereot not stereotypical Shakespeare age? Yeah, it, she's like maybe in her 20s and Shakespeare's in like his 30s. Yeah. Oh, so and it's like a huge age difference. Yeah. No, but she should be... But I think Shakespeare was married at this point. I don't know why, but all the time, no matter how old Shakespeare is supposed to be when we're talking about him, I think he's like 90. Oh, no, because people <laughs> didn't live to be that age well, in that know, time, Leah. That's just what I imagine. Yep. Uh, I know. Yeah. Anyways, Doom, uh, <laughs> Doom and the Frightful Four make a plan to ransack Ben Salem once Doom gets his face fixed. Uh, but... It really doesn't work. Doom ends up stealing Namor's uh, staff of Poseidon and stabbing him with it. And this causes the entire city to collapse because of a curse that was put on it. Johnny and the Fantastic Four escape with Doris and Shakespeare. And everyone else, including uh, Rita, get left behind, presumably killed or sunken except for Rita. And we find out that Shakespeare and Doris stay together. Uh, Johnny and Wyatt Wingfoot, who Doris was wrote, who Doris was originally supposed to marry, end up becoming friends. And Ben, Sue, and Richard are ripped lost. And then we see that Rita is stuck pleading for Johnny to save her as the Watcher looks on down at her, which is a seriously downer ending. Yep. Yeah. Oh wait, we forgot to mention that Reed Richards finds God. Oh yeah. Like, they're finally leaving, he sees the Watcher looking at him. Yep. He's like, oh shit, I found Jesus! Of course he would be flip-floppy about God, too, because he's flip-floppy about everything. Actually, he wouldn't. Normally I wouldn't say that he's flip-floppy at all. Yeah, he is. <laughs> it's like the only time that I would say he's flip-floppy. Feelings-wise. I don't know. For, I guess for his belief on religion, I would definitely say it is not a flip-floppy thing. With Reed <laughs> Richards, that man is strictly science only. Checkmate, atheists. Yep. Okay, and then our last series came out in 2009. It's Spider-Man 1602 by one of my favorite writers, Jeff Parker, with art by Ramon Ross. The man who made Agents of Atlas. And who also did my favorite run on Exiles. And with art by Ramon Rosanis, letters by Simon Dowland, production by Anthony Dial, colors by Jim Charolimpidus. And we find out a few years have passed, and there is a new settlement in America known as New Croatoan, where uh, where Norman Osborn has become the harbor master, even though the Chawanak Indians really just wanted him kicked out of the tribe. Props to Jeff Parker for looking up the Native American tribe who was actually in that area. Yeah. Yep. And Peter and Virginia are now in love. Virginia has more control over her transformation. And Peter has started to spin webs for the first time. Osborne is refusing to let a group of ships in publicly because there are sick people aboard, and Peter and Virginia worry about uh, him really keeping them, 
keeping the ships there because they have weapon to use against the tribe. Meanwhile, in France, Henry McCoy has been captured, and uh, he is now in a more gorilla-like form instead yeah. of the man form that he was in before. And he is in, under the care of Henry Lepim, who uh, they've both been hired by Otto, by Victor Octavius to fix a unknown affliction. And if he can't do it uh, soon, his love Jeannette will be killed because she got shrunk down to the size of an insect. Yep. And so Peter ends up oversleeping and finds out that Osborne ended up just purchasing all the blankets and clothes from the sick people and gave them to the Indians as a way to kill them. Norman Osborne using smallpox blankets. Norman knows what's effective. Yeah. No, <laughs> like... That's sneaky. Yep. Mm -hmm. Oh, here, look at these wonderful blankets I got. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you rub them all over your face. <laughs> and so Parker gets Virginia Dare to tell her father... Uh, and Osborne gets in trouble, but he reveals that Peter is a spider. Uh, Virginia is trying to run back to warn her father, but Osborne ends up shooting her because she had turned into a deer, and Peter's really upset because he was going to ask for her hand in marriage. They were in love. Woo, love. Classic Spider-Man. Of course they Can't yep. keep your ladies. And so Governor Dare is really pissed off at Osborne, but because they've explicitly made a rule against executing people... They're just going to send Osborne back to England where he can possibly be executed. And he's like, Peter, go along and make sure that this bastard gets killed. But then we also have our great moment, which is pretty much, I feel like it's in every other multiverse. J. Jonah Jameson is like the nicest human being. Yeah. Because he's like, oh, your almost soon to be wife just got murdered. I don't even care that you're the spider. We're pals, Peter, and I'm here for you. Yep. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. Your friendship. Mm -hmm. Well, he's always a complicated character when he's yeah. done well. Yeah, he's Friend. kind of an asshole with a heart of gold. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you can even see it now in the Silk series because he's like the nicest person in the world to her. Yes, yeah. not Peter. Yep. <laughs> and so while they're on the ship, the Mayflower, Peter becomes friends with Captain Stacy, and he's popular because his powers make him really good on the ship, though there is a mysterious room that he is not allowed to enter. Uh, Osborne starts spreading the rumor that P Parker is a witch breed, and so uh, the crew ends up trying to attack him. Uh, while the crew is attacking him, they don't see the approach of the HMS Vanessa, which is owned by Wilson Fisk, who is the King's Pin, and his gunner, Bullseye, uh, who is attacking with a cannon. Peter is able to use his webs to reflect the cannonballs back, and it is amazing because his webs go thwip, but it's spelled T-H-W-I-P-P-E, which is amazing. <laughs> yeah, what attention to detail. Mm -hmm. And so the cannons end up knocking out Fisk's mast, and Peter webs up the bullseye, though uh, because bullseye was shooting at Peter, Osborne got hurt, horribly burnt in the fight because of a cannon. Uh, everyone's like, Peter's a hero, even though he's got weird powers. And Fisk makes bullseye swear to get revenge on uh, Peter. Uh, Peter also, I, believe, I forget if it's at this point or earlier, Peter also reveals that Nick Fury made him change his last name while working under him to hide his family, and his last name is actually Parker. P-A-R-K-E-R. -E no, I don't think it was here yet. Okay, yeah. But I'll just refer to him as Parker from this point on, because Parkwa 
is more complicated to say. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Stacy, now that knowing that he can trust Peter, reveals that he is carrying dinosaur eggs to be delivered to Henry Pym, and that's Parker's new mission. Uh, Parker then finally coming to terms with Virginia's death, uh, ends up burning the letters that he had been writing to her as a coping mechanism. And Peter and a man named Thompson end up delivering the eggs, and it turns out that in this universe, Dr. Connors is already a dinosaur man, due to Yay. a similar experiment. Who do you think Thompson is, Luke? Flash Thompson. Mm. Or oh, Eugene Thompson. Crazy. Yep. But I like it, because that isn't, like, really made a big point of. Yeah. It's not like, oh, your courier systems are as quick as a flash. They don't say anything like that. Yes. And so it turns out that Osborne was also delivered to Pym, and he promises to help Pym uh, capture an actual witch-born, the spider, if he can be restored to health. Uh, Peter, who got a whole bunch of money goes and sees the Watson family perform, and he instantly falls in love with their daughter, Marion, and then immediately, like, saves her brother, Graham, who is going to fall down. And it turns out that Peter knew the Watsons from back where he was growing up, and this is when he finds out that his actual last name is Parker. And Par Peter also finds out that his aunt and uncle are still alive, and his uncle had actually attacked a person who had tried to hold up their cart. And survive. Yep. And so uh, Parker ends up joining uh, as a jester, and Octavius finds that he needs Parker, so he sends the lizard after him. But Bullseye is also after him. Uh, Connors attacks during the show on stage, and they tussle until Bullseye causes them both to fall and get knocked unconscious. So Octavius sends his people to collect Parker. Peter wakes up with leeches draining his blood in La Pem's laboratory until the local police come in because they're really sick of Octavius's weird shit. Uh, <laughs> That's the only way to put it. Yeah. Uh, the French will only put up with so much stuff. Uh, Peter is able to free Hank McCoy but he starts to collapse because he lost a whole bunch of blood. Uh, Octavius and Lepim leave, knowing that Peter's going to come after them, since Octavius has hired the Watsons to perform in Venice, where he lives. We find out that Lepim has mixed Parker's blood with more dinosaur serum to end up fixing Osborne. And Peter ends up reaching Venice, hunting down Victor Octavius. And he sneaks in since the Watsons are performing the show, uh, dressed as a hangman, and he warns Marion. He's like, oh no, I knew this was a trap for you. Uh, the lizard, uh, sensing Peter is there, uh, attacks, and he is joined by the new Green Goblin, who is a pterodactyl-type man. And Peter ends up getting knocked out by the lizard and the goblin teaming up, and wakes up again, being drained by Lapim. Lipim reveals his reasoning about wanting to save his wife, who is starting to mutate more, so she's got bug eyes and extra limbs. And... She's like, Yeah. And he's like, yeah, no, I've got the blood that I need, so take this drink, it's going to give you energy. 
and Parker ends up reaching the dungeons where he finds all the other transformed people, and uh, the Watsons who have not been transformed, and as Lepim brings his new serum to Octavius, he finds out that Octavius, who had been turned into an octopus man, sort of like, uh, who was the captain in the Pirates of the Caribbean? Oh, Davy Jones. Yeah, Davy Jones, except he's also got like four octopus arms. Ooh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the image up there. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're going to have an image gallery for all of these issues. So, oh. yeah, like they do a really cool thing where he's like under robes until that final reveal. Yeah, right. Yeah. And like he's got plague doctors with him all the time because he thinks that he's sick. Anyways, now he's like, no, uh, Goblin talked to me. I'm just going to rule the world. And so Goblin and Lizard have Peter and the Watsons trapped because. Uh, Octavius gave uh, the goblin goblin bombs, essentially. Uh, Lepim tries to attack Octavius, but he gets trapped out of a window after he was licking up the last of the potion that had been smashed by Octavius, which is really not a good idea. It's just uh, no alcohol. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Peter ends up... I'm thinking it's okay to, like, eat things. They're in 16 HP. They don't know any better. Yeah. <laughs> So Peter goes up to fight Octavius, and it's hilarious because after he's freed the Watsons, Octavius sprays him with black ink, and he's like, How am I to please crowds in a black jester suit? Grotesque! And uh, the building ends up collapsing, and Bullseye is out there ready to shoot Parker as soon as he appears, but Peter gets a spider sense and ends up using the goblin's head to block the bolt, killing the goblin. Uh, Marion is trying to plead for uh, Bullseye to spare him, but then uh, Dr. Connors, who really has no control over who he attacks because he's a dinosaur man, ends up attacking Bullseye instead. Uh, and uh, then Octavius grabs Mary Jane. All of a sudden, Henry Lepim shows up and he has now been turned into Giant Man. And so he's like, 20 stories tall, and he just is like, nope, you know how you were treating me like I was a tinier person? And then he stomps on Octavius, killing him. And Jeanette and Pim reconvene, even though they are now way too different in size. And it turns out that uh, Peter is going to be happy until a certain event happens, performing with the Watsons. Yeah, in a moment, in a moment. And... We're going to do it today. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then it turns out that Henry Pym's, Henry Le Pym's research ends up leading to the super soldier serum in this universe. And then later on, at the start of Edge of Spider-Verse, we have a scene where one of the inheritors shows up and ends up killing Marvel 1602 Spider-Man. And it's really basically, sad. And basically, you got Moreland. He's the leader, one of the leaders of the Inheritors. Basically, they're like evil vampires from a different dimension who feed on the essence of the spiders. And he basically takes a giant steak and just smashes it in the theater. And then drains him of his blood. And it's like, I'm out, spiders. You're going to die. Yeah, everybody wants Spider-Man's blood. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and Mary's like, oh, my husband's dead. I'm sad now. Yeah, that it's is. Surprise twist! Spider-Man's not the one losing a lady. Yep. Yep. 
This time it's Mary and Jane. <sighs> and that is pretty much all of 1602, minus like one or two other scenes, and I think it apparently showed up in Superhero Squad. Yeah. But my voice is tired from all that explaining, so let's get on to our very popular segment, Trials of the Multiverse. Okay, so we have two universes that we're putting on here, Earth-311, which is the Marvel 1602 universe, and then Earth-460, which is the Purple Man President universe. So, Marvel 1602 universe. Uh, definitely top half, right? Oh, definitely. I was... Uh, sorry, I didn't hear that second part. You said definitely... No, I was... No, you messed up again. Well, I don't know, dude. Say it one more time. Definitely top quarter. Okay. Do you want to start off in the top ten, then? Yes. Okay. Is it better than What If Galactus Became Human? Yes. Uh, is it better than What If the Avengers Formed in the 1950s? Mm, yeah. Is it better than Space Punisher? No. Uh, I'm willing to put it above Space Punisher, but not above Iron Doom Masada. You, like, really broke up there, dude. I did not you said. Yeah, I think our connection is getting fuzzy. Uh, I like it better than Space Punisher, but I'm willing to put it right under Iron Doom Masada. Okay. Okay. So our new number eight is Earth. 311. Marvel 1602. And then our other universe is Earth 460, where Purple Man became president and sent Captain America back in time. Top half or bottom half? Well, it should be the number one spot because Purple Man loves us. Uh, I don't know. I think uh, J. Jonah Jameson loving Spider Man as his own son is even better, though. Well, Purple Man tells you to love them. You have to put them in number one. No. I can resist him. <laughs> he just refuses the Purple Man. He's totally gonna die. Yep. Guess I'll be finding a new co-host. Yep. Okay. So our dividing line for the top quarter is what if Doctor Doom was Sorcerer Supreme? Is it a it's lot not better? As good as that. Okay, not as good as that. Uh, is it as good as Gotham by Gaslight? I kind of like it better than that. Okay, so our new number 55 spot is our 460. President Purple Man. And that brings our list to a total of 219. Okay. Uh, we also had a request for something that we are going to be putting on later by one of our two commenters, uh, Royce, uh, who wanted us to cover the Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends series, which we're definitely going to do an episode on that entire series. I've seen it all. I've seen a few episodes. I think I stopped after the one with the beat with uh, Swarm, where he was not an. Yeah, 
Yeah, it was a good episode. So, yeah, we will figure out when we can cover that in the future. Uh, make sure to check out our contest where you can, if you put up a review and then send us an email with an image of your review that you put up and you submit in the universe that you want us to cover, either something that we uh, can actually cover or something that you can come up with, uh, you just send that to multiversalq at gmail. And then if you want to see more about the website, including our Trials of the Multiverse list, image galleries for almost every episode, and more, you can go to multiversalq.com. Uh, we're also on Twitter, Libsyn, Facebook, and Tumblr. And then you can find me online at, at Coltreg, that's K-O-L-T-R-E-G. And uh, you can also find me online at LukeHair.com, L-U-K-E-H-E-R-R. Where can people find you, Devin? They can find me at Fred Ofet, F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T. And Leah, where can people find you? Oh, I don't know. Um, they can find me online. What should I say? Which Twitter? I would say Twitter. Oh, I actually don't have a Twitter. Oh, uh, yes, you do, Leah. Well, not one that I upkeep, and I also got locked out. Oh, so. uh, well, Leah is nowhere on the internet because she's one of those cool kids. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks for calling it cool. Maybe not cool. <laughs> well, what's cooler than being cool? Ice cold. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> we'll see you next week on the podcast, and we are getting back to our favorite gang of universal hopping heroes, the Exiles. See you yeah. then.